Kids these days. I'm Rachel Poisky, and I've got my good friend Tara Reynolds here. What's up? How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm awesome. good. Yeah. I'm excited about our word for the week. Yeah. I, this is a new one. Word for the week. Word for Remember, we have a ditty yeah. now. You you got to get a jingle going. I guess. Yeah. I'll just. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's our word for the week? Okay. So our word for the week is actually a super weird one. <laughs> Because I still don't know if I fully understand the word for the week. Like, I had to have a couple kids explain to me over and over again how to correctly use this word in context. So I'm probably still going to butcher it. So if you're a teenager out there and you hear me say this, just know I'm so sorry. So sorry. (laughs) But, um, okay, so in a sentence, Rachel, ask me, why don't you ask me something that you know I would want to do with you? Like, hey, Tara. Okay, that's a great idea. Um, hey, Tara, yeah. do you want to run away for a week to Hawaii? Uh, that's a bet. <laughs> that's a bet? <laughs> yeah, bet. Specifically B-E-T, bet. The word bet. B-E-T. Yeah, so, and it can just be used, like, you could ask me the same question and I could say bet. Like, and do I would you want to eat? Um, do you want to eat Thai food? Bet. Yeah. I did it right. You did it right. I don't think it's that but hard. But again, do not do this to your kids. Do they not. will think you're the worst. This is one that does not work. I'm sorry. Like you I've tried. Cannot tra- be I'm, cool, kid. I'm a 28 year old. I work with youth, and I cannot do it. I still like pull. it's. I'm getting to the place where I cannot use the lingo or can't the kids. They know it's fake. It is not a bet. <laughs> to be to be so, more specific, where did this originate from? Do we know? No, I have no idea. I still don't understand. I'm telling you, I still don't properly know how to use it. So, but it's like, uh, I've heard it. I've actually, so we, not too long ago, uh, some of me and some of the coworkers went to a conference, a ministry conference. And, uh, a guy asked, uh, one of, one of us, if he knew how to get to the bathroom or like some kind of room. And then, uh, we responded and told him, and then he said, okay, bet. And then he walked away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just saw it used in the wild. <laughs> and so, That's so funny. And this kid, this guy, he was probably like, tw- he was probably early 20s. So yeah. I guess like if you know how to use it properly, great. But You can use it. But yeah, but don't. Parents do not try this at home. No, but it's like, why not just say yes or like, cool. Yeah. But I don't know. Did we, but, do, did we do that? Yeah, like, did we, we did. Ha- okay, okay, so what did you think? use? Okay, I, we would say word. Oh my god. That sounds stupid even <laughs> so stupid. Right. So it's like you want to go to the beach? Word. word. <laughs> that makes I guess that's I I've heard word before. Yeah. It's just like it's like yeah. an agreement. I mean, I don't know that I ever was cool enough to use I I didn't use much teen lingo because I just mm-hmm. couldn't pull it off even as a teenager. I've used word ironically. <laughs> like word. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's like What was yours? Well, I mean, I'd like to think that I just would say, yes, I would like to do that. <laughs> but um, I guess I guess totes. Totes. I never got that But it really wasn't one. ever that cool. It was for like maybe a half second. Yeah. In college, totes. people were like, yeah, totes. Totes my goats. That was another way to say it. But that was really fratty. Like people said that. They yeah. They were really fratty. So it wasn't like hip Yeah, they kind of all sound stupid to me. Yeah, basically. just say yes. The moral of the story. 
Just answer the yes. question what, with the, the Bible, English like language the, you know how to speak. Just say yes. Like, like the Bible in James, the Bible verses says, let, let your, your yes, yes be yes. yes. That's hey. so, look at us. Look at us. But yeah, let your yes be yes. Don't say bet. Because like, how weird would it be if James is like, let your bet, let your yes be bet. It's like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So yeah, let your list. That, that's our lesson for today. Let your yes be yes. Let it be yes. And speaking of yeses and all kinds of things, today we're talking about conversations, conversations, right? Yeah. And you told me you have a new mantra. I do. I have a new parenting mantra. Oh, so that please. I feel really please, good about it. Please tell me. Enlighten us. My new mantra is intentional parenting. Mm. And it's just that or mind you know mindfulness is kind of a catchphrase right now but mm-hmm. it's the idea that I'm really being mindful and intentional about my parenting rather than just trying to get through the week which yeah I do that a lot. It happens. You know, just you know, rather than just thinking about getting food on the table and getting somebody to soccer practice and getting somebody to play practice, you know, I'm trying to be more mindful and intentional in the moments mm-hmm. and say, okay, I only have these kids for a certain amount of time. Yep. And so how am I being intentional in my parenting and how am I making the moments when I'm with them matter and not, you know, and kind of maybe some letting some of the other stuff go. That's good. Um, so that intentional parenting and what that really one place where I kind of got inspired with it was um there's some curriculum uh called Orange curriculum. I've heard of Orange. Yeah. And one thing that they've written which is really cool, it's um it's parenting in each phases of their your kids' lives. It's a great resource. Um highly recommend it. Yeah, I've got some sitting right here too. It's like so they have like books that are different kind of they look the same but they're different colors and it just says like parenting your seventh grader. Yeah. Or and it starts with parenting your newborn baby. Oh wow. That's all the cool. way up to parenting your twelfth grader. How and nifty. it's these great books. And one of the things they do in the book is talk about conversations to have with your kids. So I've kind of come up, some of them are the same, some of them are different. But for today, I wanted to talk about critical conversations to have at every phase of your child's life um, as they're growing up. And that kind of falls under my intentional parenting. So uh, how this plays out, for example, is, um, you know, the other night, my daughter and I were late at soccer practice, and I was like, oh, let's just go out to eat. And, you know, but I used that time to actually have a conversation with her about relationships. Hmm. And it was so cool because she started asking, how did you and dad meet? And then we started talking about you know, I could say to her, I said, what do you think is important when you're looking for a boyfriend or a husband? What do you think are some important traits and qualities? You know, and she's 10. She doesn't, she's not into boys yet, but it was a good conversation. We had a great conversation about, you know, this is what matters. Kindness matters. Respect matters. You know, how they treat you and all these things. And um, so it was cool because, in that moment, we had a critical conversation. That's good. That I know she'll remember, you know. And so I'm just trying to have more of those. And that's not <laughs> every conversation shouldn't be a therapy session with your child, right? But, but that you're going in with more intentionality. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. To, and so I want to go through five critical conversations that I think you need to be having at every phase, and this includes preschoolers on it. Okay. It just changes based on it just their, changes. Gotcha. So. Okay. One, um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we just did a podcast on technology. We've done a couple. But technology, mm-hmm. that's definitely a critical conversation at every stage. Gotcha. With your preschooler, you know, with your elementary, like 
with your junior high, with your high schooler. What And obviously, it changes vastly yeah, with each one. Absolutely. But you need to be addressing what are your values and parameters around technology, the dangers of technology, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one. The other one is sex. Mm. Fun one. That you one know, every kid loves. Every kid loves. And, you know, parents want to say they have one you know, we always talk about the talk. The talk, right. The talk. And you have it one time. You have it one time. But it's no that does not work. Yeah. That's no. what research is showing you need to do this all the time. Early. Yeah. And I preschool parents are gonna hate this, but the earlier you start, the easier it, it is. Yeah. You know, and there's some great books on it, even for preschoolers, just about obviously for preschoolers, it's about body awareness and calling parts what they really are mm-hmm. and that and talking about, um, you know, as you get into early, you know, early elementary, like what are your private parts and what's appropriate, what's appropriate yeah. physical yeah. touch and, you know, who should be. I mean, you know, I remember our pediatrician started talking to our kids early, probably at kindergarten, about some of those boundary type things. Yeah. You should be having those talks. Um, and then maybe you can give me, Tara, kind of for middle school and high school, <laughs> some yeah. critical conversations. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I don't have kids yet, but I do know that a lot of parents— I will say this. What I've seen most is that a lot of parents, when their kids start to hit, I guess that the earliest, like late elementary school or early middle school, is when they really start to hone in on trying to talk to their kids about sex. And it's too late mm-hmm. because the kids, um, I mean, to get, a, I mean, it's it's sad. I hate that we have to talk about this, but um, pornography, it's getting, the age of exposure is just getting earlier and earlier. And that's like kind of a technology. Right. That's something to, you know, keep in mind talking about technology. But it's, it's, kids are already learning about those kinds of things earlier. And by the time that you get around to trying to talk to them about what this, what sex is, is meant for and how it can be healthy and what it should look like. Um, your kids are already getting those messages from their friends and the world. And so it is important to start earlier. Mm-hmm. But in middle school, it's maybe talking a little bit more about, you know, relationships and how it plays into that. It's a little bit less scientific and it's a little bit more emotional. You're talking about what that is going what what those things mean emotionally and then is as and that just stair steps as they go into high school and when they really start to date um, just making sure you know you're talking to your sons and your daughters about how to treat each other um, what's okay and what's not what's appropriate and then ask make having them and asking them questions as they get older that are more open-ended making them talk about the why you know asking them well why do you why do you believe this? Why do you want to, um, you know, wait until marriage for this? And and just kind of having those conversations with them, whatever your family's, you know, decides with that, just making sure they understand the why behind it, because eventually they'll need a good reason to believe what they believe. Yeah. And so I think that that's important. Well, and I think that plays again, you know, so many times we want to, as parents, go to the negative side of yeah. sex, which we need to talk about pornography and all that stuff for sure. sure. But the other part is, you know, I think God's design and the positive, right? Right context, context, and exactly giving him the why. Yeah, like why do you treat your sexuality a certain way? Yeah, because of the design, God's design for it, and that kind of thing. So yeah, so I think that's really. those are some critical things. Don't you love that? I'll put you on the spot with that one. I do. That was fun. It's good, though. It's a good thing to talk it's about, good to for about. sure. Okay. Uh, so technology, sex, and then the third one is faith. 
You know, at yes. every step of the way, you should be having critical conversations with your children about faith. What do they believe about God? What does it mean to have a relationship with God, um, with Jesus separate from your faith? You yep. know, all those kind of things. And so, you know, sometimes I think faith, we think, oh, we drop our kids off at church and they get their faith fixed. Mm-hmm. but. You wouldn't wait to teach your kids their letters before they went to school, right? Yeah. You would do that at home. Right. So you need to be thinking about that. We've talked about that in spiritual parenting, but just have it being intentional to say, we need to talk about what do you think about God? And, you know, I find some parents when their kids get to, say, high school uh, and they've hit a rough patch and the kids are like, I don't believe in God. Yeah. And it's it And I don't want to— Blame it on the parents, but I do say, were you having some critical conversations about faith before that? Absolutely. You know, and yeah. talking about how to walk through the hard times yeah. in faith. Right. So because um, I think some of the times parents want to address it at that moment where there's a crisis of faith. Yeah. When they maybe not done it ahead yeah. of time. And so. I mean, I think that that might be, <laughs> this might be another kind of podcast episode for another day. But I think also what you're saying is important to remember, like, just like any other thing that you'd be having critical conversations with, when when and if that happens with your high school student, you know, when they make some kind of declaration about their faith and maybe they don't believe in God anymore, or they believe something that you don't, rather than just shutting down, which is the temptation, and panicking, continue to have those critical conversations with them and allow them to you know to talk through that be a place they feel safe to come and express what they're believing and what they're feeling because they need somebody to process through that with them yeah. and if you shut yourself off from that then they're they're going to go somewhere else and that's you know yeah. you're, you're you're continuing to spiritually parent them through this rough patch you know right. and so i think that this is that's why critical conversation is so important. You're yeah. training them to come to you with these concerns yeah. and these things. Well, and what I would say too, especially like for older middle school, high school, that's where it's important that you've put some other people in their lives that yeah. you, that you trust. Community of caring adults. Community of caring adults, because that's where you know if a you know my child is not feeling like they want to have that conversation with me. I'm hoping there's someone else they feel comfortable that I've already put in their life. For sure. You know, so. Definitely. So, I mean, for preschool and elementary, you're going to be that point of critical conversation. Mm -hmm. But you may not always be when they get older. No, that's a really good point. It's a really good point. Okay, so technology, sex, faith, and then the fourth one would be your values. Mm. Your values as a family, um, how they're going to treat other people. This is kind of a big one, but, you know, um, and even— that falls under like balanced life. What does that look like? You just how do you live life well? Yeah. You know, how do we spend our time? That mm-hmm. kind of goes under like some priorities, right? For sure. Um, even for preschoolers, mm-hmm. you know, to say we give some of our toys away. That's a critical conversation. Or um, we help other people or we pray for other people. Um, we don't hit other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those, those are some conversations that are setting. You're always sounding the setting the foundation with your conversation to the next level that you can build on. That's good. That's why you start with the critical conversations in preschool because you've got to have a foundation to build on. That's a little more general one, but it's just understanding our family has values. How are we imparting them to other people? Mm-hmm. And then the last one I would say is their interest. Hmm. 
what are kids um, beginning to call out their strengths? That's good. Beginning to say, I see this in you. Right. Um, You know, I love my daughter kind of has this great perspective where she's like, yeah, I'm not good at that. You know, she'll she'll say that will take her a long way in life. (laughs) She already can say, "Yeah, that's not my thing." You know, and it's not. I feel bad about myself. She's just like, "That's not my interest." And she's like ten. She's ten. That's why she's. You know, the other day she goes, "You know, I can't sing that well." She goes, "I can sing okay, but I can't sing that well." So I'm gonna do this instead. Yeah. And I thought that is great. And you obviously don't want to focus in on one thing to where they don't try new things. But I think helping kids develop their um, strengths is a good thing. Right. And I mean, that's a great example because I think it's when they're younger, especially it maybe is a little bit more of like behavioral, but as they get older, it shifts into character and personality. But it's like, you could say, wow, that's really great, sweetheart, that you see that. I I think that's awesome that you're so self-aware or I think that's really great that you are knowing yourself so well. And that's in a way calling that out in her that will encourage her, you know, to be like, oh, yeah, I I know that. I'm like with it. I know what's what I like and what I don't. And that's good. Yeah, I think it builds their self-confidence when they understand, you know, really what it is is helping them figure out who God created them to be. Yeah. You know, and we all – or created different, and we each have a different contribution to this world, and beginning to give them some self-awareness to say, hey, do you like this? Does this sound, you know? So focusing in on where their strengths lie and where their interests lie and kind of leading in that. And as a parent, you know, that means we have to remove some of our expectations. Mm, but That's but, big, But yeah. those conversations help you know what— um, Where to could, set your expectations. Yeah, and even. where they're yeah. going. Yeah. That's so, good. Yeah, so uh, I don't know, Tara, can you think of any other just examples of within these that you think are good for? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think we did a I think we covered them re- pretty well, but I would say this is just as you're as you're starting to get kids that are getting into high school and they're starting to um drive and they've got a little bit more independence. Uh, the way that we talk to our kids and our parents um, when they go through confirmation at our church, which is about eighth grade, and that's kind of when they get to, we talk about them owning their faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's something that continues on. It's not just something that happens. It's not a, it's a benchmark when they go through confirmation. But when you're talking with kids about their faith, they're always learning more and more about how to own it. And so I just like to kind of think about the analogy, like when your kids are when you're handing the kids, your kids the keys to your car to drive it, you're doing that every day with their faith and their values and what they think about the world and how they mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I, I think it kind of moves from being more instructional to more conversational mm-hmm. as your kids get older. And that's, I think, with all of these five yeah. um, things. It's like, sure, you want to continue to instill instruction, but – from what you're talking about, this needs to so start so early mm-hmm. that by the time they're to this age where they're beginning to think, you've instilled so much instruction and wisdom in them. So you're hoping that they're able to start to own that, and yeah. it becomes more of a conversation. And they continue to grow in that. It's just not so like, you do this. It's more like, well, what do you think about this? Yeah. No, so, I think that's a very good point because I think that even starts in preschool too. You need to have some active listening skills. Yes. Google it if you do not know what active listening <laughs> skills are because it is – we did talk about a conversation, not an instruction, not in a lecture, not a mandate. Yep. It's not 
it's not just you imparting everything. It's you engaging with them in conversations so that you understand where they're coming from and you know how to parent out of that. Definitely. So I like that a lot, that it it is as much about listening in the conversation as it is about talking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this was this is super helpful. And I know for me, I'm not, you know, a parent yet, but this is going to be something that is going to be super helpful when I do have kids. And it's it's even helpful knowing this as a youth minister, just how to have conversations with your students. And and so, yeah, this also, these books, yeah, being intentional. Intentional conversations. Intentional conversations. But yeah, this these books are also really great. Yeah. From, so thanks for bringing them. All right. Well, we will see you next time on Kids These Days. See you next time. Whoa.